Welcome, everyone, to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, and we are so glad to be here with you today. I'm Pastor Megan Torgerson, and I'm here with... Pastor Steve Thomason. Hey! And we are continuing our series on renewing worship, talking about all of these parts of a worship service, some of which are familiar to you, some are perhaps less familiar, what they mean, uh, why they have a place in our worship services, how we might renew the way we think of them in worship, and also I think how these elements renew us as worshipers, as the body of Christ. So it's been um, it's been really exciting, I think, for me to take a deeper dive into some of these. Some of them have been harder than others, I'm not going to lie. And this week, we get to a creed. And yeah, Wait, what? I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed to admit it's one of my favorite bands. Oh, oh <laughs> my goodness. Not, not the people, but I do like the music. You so. went there with it. You took it there. All right. Okay. And our producers now. are just shaking their heads in <laughs> shame and disgust. As I'm sure, listeners, you are as well. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, no, so if you, but if you don't know what a creed is outside of uh, the accessible rock band, um, <laughs> Pastor Steve, how would yeah. how would you define a creed? I mean, what would yeah. what language would you put behind that? Latin. Oh well, you yeah, there you are. <laughs> Here we go, yeah, folks. You don't know this, but pre uh, pre podcast, you know, we chat a little bit about where might this go and and what what direction might we take. And and Pastor Steve did uh, admit that there's a real good chance that he would go. Way too Total deep, geek. way too fast Total on this geek. full-on nerd mode. And so the fact Buckle that he went right to the Latin. But it, I know where you're heading with this, and <laughs> yeah. I like it. I yeah, like yeah. it. So, so, no, so go I, for it. Go for I, it. What I mean is that the word creed comes from the word credo, which means I believe. But here's the thing, and this is how I teach it to the confirmation kids. The word, when we in, as English, North American English speakers in the 21st century. When we say believe, what we tend to mean is I have this intellectual agreement with an idea, right? I believe that to be true. But the word credo is so much deeper than that. It actually means I trust. I I put my trust into this thing. And so I heard Diana Butler Bass, who is a great theologian, she, she put it this way, like, I believe, I belove, and I belong to this thing. So when we say, so the creed itself is a, is a confession of the things that we trust in. And so Apostles' Creed is the one that we're most familiar with. We're saying, I I believe, or we, it's a collective thing, it's we believe in God, the Father, Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. But if you understand the meaning of the word, it's I, I trust the, in the fact that there is a creator God, and I belong to that God. And it just, I just love how that it just expands the the meaning of that. So it's beautiful. Yeah, it's more than just like a, a philosophical exercise, mm-hmm. right? It's more than just saying, well, you know, I've done my research and uh, yeah, I'm buying into this idea. This sounds fine you, to me. Do you want to go to the history of the creed though? Well, uh, well I think you do. Yeah. I, because when we when we confess a creed, this is, this is I mean, what I wanted to say was that this is about identity, right? Like this isn't just like what I think. Like yeah. this is who I am. This is who we 
are. This is what our community continues to be. Like it's a it's a it's a deep thing and and it was not without some hard fought uh and high pressure work <laughs> yeah. that a creed like the it, apostles creed came to us it was interesting as i was writing the grow guide for this one it's so hard because the creed is not biblical like you can't find the creed in the bible in the same way that you can't find the word trinity in the bible wait either. what what <laughs> the the creed so okay here's the crash course this is kind of like one of those uh crash course history mm. videos real quick not as long as theirs um so the the early church for the first 300 years of the church or the first 200 years of the church um it was illegal to be christian in the roman empire because remember jesus was born into the roman empire and they were oppressing the jews and then the Romans just wiped out Jerusalem, and Christianity was spread all throughout the Roman Empire as an underground kind of a radical anti-Caesar movement. Right? Jesus is Lord, not Caesar. So people were getting thrown to the lions, and they were it was underground. Well, Emperor Constantine in the early 300s had this conversion experience. Emperor Constantine, the emperor of Rome had this conversion experience and he like almost literally overnight turned the whole Roman Empire into a Christian state. Which is a thing you get to do when you're the Roman Emperor. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're the god of yeah. the universe, right? Yeah. And, and Constantine said, guess what, everybody? We're all Christians now. And so he called all of the, the head pastors of each town, which were called bishops, he said, let's all get together because I've heard rumor that you have all been arguing with each other for the last couple of hundred years. And that's not going to happen under my watch because my empire is going to be orderly and we're going to know what we believe. So all you theologians get in a room and hash it out. And I'm not letting you leave. It's a little town called Nicaea, which is why we call it the Nicene Creed. Are going to hash it out and figure out because one of the things they were really debating in that particular moment was who is Jesus? Because some people were saying Jesus is God, fully eternal, coexistent with God, Creator, and others were saying, Nah, there's no way that God could become human, and they were banned and banned and banned. So that's why the Nicene Creed has a lot of Jesus language in it. Because they were articulating, okay, born of a woman, right. actual human, but also right. God, all of these things. Light God, of light, God, spirit light, of light, spirit. True God from true God. <laughs> yeah. God not made of one being with yeah. the Father. With, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So yeah, the yeah. creed is a doctrinal statement. Doctrinal means the things that we teach and believe to be true. A doctrinal statement that was then, I'm going to use a fancy word, codified, made Ooh. to be the absolute truth about everything. And so from this for so the emperor, I'm going to get a little snarky. So the emperor basically said, okay, everybody stop thinking and just obey because this is what we believe. We've decided. <laughs> we've decided now. And at no point in Christian future will there be any debate as to what any of these words mean. That's right. Hand brush done. Which is why in especially Protestant traditions you have a full spectrum of you have a lot of protestant denominations that just chucked the creeds 
And that's why. It's not because they don't believe the creeds. It's because they, they were anti-imperial church, like, you can't tell me what to believe kind of attitude, which is actually okay. But Pastor Megan, I'm going to let you say why creeds are so good. Mm. <laughs> it's, I, and I can start answering that question from even just a personal faith perspective, which is that I find such great joy and comfort knowing that we as a, as a global church, that is not even just, you know, as an ELCA congregation in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, but as a wide church beyond nation, beyond denomination, beyond tradition, that we confess these words together. And I know we, we talked about, you know, when we were saying testimony is something that is kind of trial language. We're using confession here when we're talking about a creed. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 a little different than a kind of confession you might get in a um, in a courtroom, right? Because a confession in a courtroom is, oh, you're right, I'm a bad person and I did it and I admit. Confession in terms of a creed is more of a, this is the thing we claim. We, we fully, openly admit to this shared faith it's really the only place that the kind of confession part of it holds true so when you hear us say confess this faith it doesn't mean that we do so like with an unburdened sense of guilt but that it's it's an open and free admission and claiming geek alert geek alert Uh oh the greek word is homologeia which means same word yep yep right it to confess is we all speak the same thing we agree Literally, in, in, in most cases, right? Because especially if we're taking the Apostles' Creed, we are literally saying the same word. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're speaking a different language, right? Then you're right. saying the Apostles' Creed, same words, just a different language. Yeah. So from a personal perspective, I think creeds are so vital because for me, I know it connects me to a wider church when sometimes it feels like there's almost nothing that can be in common with a wider church. Our, our, our practices can be so different. The way worship sounds can be so different. The way our, our theology plays out can be so different. But at least these creeds are things we can hold on to. Um, I think it's also really vital in the context of worship to be able to say these words together because it is this constant returning point. It is this place we always come back to to say, all right, now remember, what is it that we're about? Who mm-hmm. are we as Christians, as as God's people, but also even sometimes a little more specifically as as Lutherans, as part of this denomination, as part of this congregation, what is it that we're about? And I appreciate that, at least with the Apostles' Creed, for as hard-fought as it was and for as many heresies got pushed to the side in the creation of it, there's still some openness in this to say, even though this is the parameter, even though this is the boundary, this is the outline of who we are as a people of faith, but there's some space in that. There's some expansiveness in it. So I can claim I've got my hymnal open to page 1,162, like I know you all do at home right now with your ELW in front of you, because that's where it's got the text of the creed plus Martin Luther's description from the small catechism. So when we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, you know, Luther says, what does this mean? And he makes this this nice description about, oh, it means I think God made me and all exists and cares for me. Well, there's a lot of space in that to say, well, what does that mean for me today, here, now? So I like that a creed gives us kind of a an outline of our faith that we can share and return to, that we keep coming back to and being sent out with. Um, that's why, I mean, that's why I think it's important in worship and why I, I, I love whenever we get to share these words together. Um, another set of words that we are going to hear in worship, and, and considering that this is supposed to be, uh, you know, sometimes at least, a podcast a, a little bit about scripture and, and <laughs> the words you'll hear in worship on Sunday, 
why don't we hear from the text for Sunday, understanding, friends, uh, that Pastor Steve was not wrong when he said that the creed is not in the Bible. So it's not like we can pull out the biblical passage where this creed is cited, because that ain't going to happen. So instead, we have this beautiful passage uh, from the book of Romans. We're in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 17. Yeah, and so I'm just going to uh, prime the pump of Mm, your ears mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and just pay attention to the word confess, because we can't really drill into the actual context of this passage. Because it's deep, It's man. deep, deep, deep. Yep. It is a long argument that Paul has been building about how the Jewish people fit into the gospel if suddenly it's not by being born Jewish. And so that's, we're ripping this right out of the middle of that particular argument. Mm-hmm. So here's what he says. But, I mean, because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart, and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth, and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on him. For Quote, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, end quote. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, quote, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, end quote. But not all have obeyed the good news. For Isaiah says, quote, Lord, who has believed our message, end quote. So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. That's beautiful stuff. That's a lot packed in there. That's a lot packed in there. And I think it's worth noting, too, that all those quotes that Pastor Steve pointed out to you, um, they're all Old Testament references. So Mm -hmm. Paul is being really careful to to set his argument in the context of a a long-form faith, right, of what God has been up to through God's people for thousands of years, like you and said, he's connecting. speaking to Jewish listeners. Yeah, so they're going to hear these references and they're going to know what that means. So, Pastor Steve, putting you on the spot, when you hear this passage, how does this say creed to you? Yeah, well, it's it's that word confess. That's the word we mentioned before. It means to not admit that you're wrong. Mm. It means to publicly profess. We might use that word. Sure what we believe to be true. And if we confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord, that will get you thrown in prison and possibly eaten by lions. Because remember that Paul's writing this before Constantine, folks, yes. like a good, what, hundred years and change yeah. before Constantine. Yeah. These are treasonous words that he's putting in writing and sending to Rome. Right, into the belly of the beast. (laughs) And he's saying, so if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe, and again, now believe is the Greek version of credo. It's pistis, which means I trust in and trust in your heart that God raised him, Jesus, from the dead, then you will be saved. That is your salvation, that your trust is not in the power of Rome. It's not in your own ability to do anything, but in the power of God to raise Jesus from the dead, that resurrection is real and true. Mm -hmm. 
and that we have the kingdom of God, that is our salvation. So that's what we confess. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, as much, it was fun to hear you read verses, uh, you know, 14 through 17, that how are you to call on one on whom you have not believed? And how are you to believe in one whom you have? I mean, that kind of progression, right? And, and I, what I love about that part, especially when it speaks to a creed, is that Paul is saying the way to drill all the way down is if you have to have words for it first. Someone has to speak mm-hmm. them and teach them so that you can learn them and absorb them and they can be you know fully part of who you are and so it's you got to start with something you got to start with something and and it's part of why when we teach uh lessons to our our confirmation students right one of those lessons is is about the creed is what is this why do we claim this what does it mean Mm -hmm. how does it play out for our faith because it's this how how do you know unless you have words for it. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that like this is the only way to dictate faith. Right. I'm saying that this is one way to put some words to this is who we are and this is what we're about and this is where you're invited in. Another thing that I love about this too is that it's words with feet. Mm, right? yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's it's again it's not just a head game. It's not just oh I've got my doctrine down. It is actually how can people hear this and know this and live into this beautiful reality unless somebody tells them yeah i just spent i just had a family reunion and one of my cousins is uh, a, a kind of a big wig in a big mission organization and we were talking about their missionaries and 500 500 missionaries in 50 different countries and stuff and, and just thinking about how people have dedicated their life mm. to going into other contexts in order to share the gospel, to share this amazing good news that Jesus is Lord and resurrection is real. Yeah. And that's, so confessing the creed is not, because it's worship. Which is, which is what it feels yeah. like sometimes. Confessing <sighs> the creed is a lifestyle. Yeah. You confess the creed with who you are. Mm-hmm because you take it into the highways and byways as you are going, making disciples, right? It's one of the things um, that I love about being able to say the Apostles' Creed in worship. I love being able to, for starters, have it memorized. And like, no guilt or shame if you're not a memorizing person. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when I, because I have it memorized, what I can do is I can sort of meditate on the words as I'm saying them. Mm. Plus, I can lift my eyes up and look around. And I can look at all these other people Mm. saying those same words along with me. And I'm reminded that this isn't just, I mean, I say, you know, I believe in God, but it isn't just me. Like, I don't believe this in isolation. It's, It's not just about me. It is about this whole full community and the way that we all claim these words, like you say, the way that we live them out, right? The way that we act them, the way that we take these words when we say them in worship and then go outside the church building and out into the world and live out what it means to believe in Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord, right? Like The communion of saints, the forgiveness yes, of sins, right? Yes, How do I live that? How do I act that out? And so I love that in worship, I can kind of, you know, lift my eyes up and look around and mm. say, and we're all doing this right it's just this really heartening moment of faith for me to be able to say oh i don't do it by myself Mm -hmm. you know and 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 plus if you think about the fact that the creed has been around for some 
1800 years something like that right that it's mm-hmm. not even just this generation of people who have claimed this right. it is generations it is millennia of christians mm-hmm. who have held to these words and say okay i believe this intellectually but i also trust it fully with my heart and my being and i live it out in my daily actions uh, gosh that's just such a heartening encouraging thing especially on those days when faith feels hard, mm-hmm. lonely, isolating. When you memorize it, it goes into your muscle. We talked mm. about this before, but, you know, like Alzheimer's and dementia people yeah. who, who can't remember anything, but when you start reciting these creeds and the Lord's Prayer, they can do it. Right. Because it's, it's, it's literally ingrained in their DNA. Yeah. It's a different part of your brain that yeah. gets called upon. It's, so it's a part of that's you. The, that's one of the benefits of of the recitation. Right. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's it's one of the things that I love about something like a creed. When we say it frequently, when we say it, um, you know, it, it, maybe even weekly, right? Because mm-hmm. then it becomes really a part of who we are, not just in our worship, but in our lives, um, which is exciting as far as I'm concerned. Listen to me. I'm so excited about the Apostles' Creed, Pastor Steve. Woo-hoo! Whew, and I hope you are too, folks. Um, and if you're not, hey, Good news, there's always next week, and we'll find something else for you to be excited about, right? <laughs> We're excited about what the creed points us to, that's oh, for sure. Amen to that, and and the way that it gives us some shape for how we live as people of faith. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that is exciting, even if you're not going to threaten to geek out for three hours about the history of the creed, like Pastor Steve literally did seconds before we started recording. So, uh, and just in case... That'll he, be another podcast. I was going to say, just in case he intends to follow through with that, I am going to say, hey... Thanks for being with us, folks. It is so good to have you here in the Carry On cast, and it's good to have you here at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry carry on on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everybody. May the road rise up to meet you. Oh, no.